All right, watch your radio representing Florida. Still technically East Coast. Uh, so I am here in Florida. We are going to get Brother Alien on. Since I started calling Matt, we're seeing aliens like appear everywhere, like even this weird looking alien there in Mexico. <laughs> But let's see if we can get him on the horn. Watching radio representing East Coast. Florida. All right. Let's see if he's around. Uh, Hopefully you had more coffee. You there? Yeah, I've had more coffee. Yeah, please. I mean, I called him earlier and it's like, it was like, would you have like half a cup? I had a whole big giant cup. Okay, it probably just didn't feed into your system yet. But he was shocked that I had four cups. Yeah, I thought you were cutting back. <laughs> He's like, I said, yeah, I'd, I used to have eight. So yeah, it looks like I cut back now. That's half. Okay, all right then. Okay. So, I mean, why? How many cups do you have? Um, I had two big cups. Okay, so what do you mean, big? Well, I, I, instead of using the, the, the recommended amount of freeze-dry, I use like triple or quadruple. <laughs> what? Freeze-dry? That's not real coffee. Of course it's real coffee. I'm having... Like coffee. I grind my beans, bruh. Well, dude... It just because, look, you think you have real coffee and I don't have real coffee because you grind yours and I don't. So there's some guy in some corner of New York who grows his own beans and he looks at you and goes, ah, you grind your own beans. I grow my own beans. So yeah, you know what? They're not look- coming out good, bruh, because that's not good soil for it. So he could grow his oh, beans all he wants. Okay, so, so. There's, so there's probably some guy in some corner of Switzerland who he has the right soil and he has the right um, heat lamp. All right, this is when you puppy. evaluate, you've lost the debate, and generally people would remain silent. But no, not, happening, you not happening, not happening, not <clears> happening. <throat> the point where you realize it's just an arms race and it never ends. Okay, I'll get you a grinder for your birthday. All right. All right. Incidentally, I had to take copies of all my screenshots of my settings again because this Windows update scared the crap out of me this morning. It started doing an update, and I'm like, oh, man. Every time it does that, my settings get all screwed up. You know what? Maybe you can turn off the automatic updates and just do the updates on manually on I Monday. Thought, after I thought I show. did have that, Alan, but... I don't know. Anyway, I have virtual settings. You know, I use voice meter, which incidentally, everybody I show my settings to seems to turn on me. Uh, So I'm not sharing my settings with anybody ever again. You know, I shared how how to set this up with Amiibo Man. He went nuts, right? Uh I shared my settings here on voice meter with, uh, what's his name? Hillbilly Hebrew. He he went nuts. Uh So I can't give you my settings anymore. Okay. Well, because people turn record, on you me. Have not, you have not given me your settings. And I'm and, not giving uh, you my you... settings. Everybody, I set up the voice meter settings for a virtual mixing board because years ago in radio, I had to use a hard wired system. 
and uh-huh. I learned about virtual cables. Unfortunately for me, I shared it with people, and for some reason, they attacked me. So, um, and this has been going on a while. Uh, recently, the Hebrew. I should have never taught him about voice meter. Incidentally, this is how I do it. I have virtual settings. I have many virtual cables, which I did not share with everybody. But I'm able to wire in virtually uh, two Skypes, one Zoom, and FCC, free conferencing call, all at once on different channels. (laughs) That's right. So you think you're getting these settings? I'm not giving to you. Why? Because you'll attack me. For some reason, okay, when I, I give you the knowledge the Lord has given me and the skill to, to figure this stuff out, people turn and they attack me. And then they go on their show and say that only Rick Wiles helped them get set up. Like Amiibo Man, I tuned into him the other day. He's like, Rick Wiles is the only one that helped me. Meanwhile, this, this guy was on my show. I put him on my show. I could I turned it off. Marie was there. I said, I can't believe it. Rick Wiles is the only... I'm, I set up his voice meter uh, board. So... Not only that, before that, he, he got him the hardwired one. He didn't want it. I stayed on the phone for hours helping him set up the uh, Behringer system, the hardwire system. He wanted virtual. What did I do? I figured out a voice meter. Rick Wiles is the only one that helped me. Oh, really? These people just, you know, that's lying, by the way. We are, people are liars when they deny the truth, when they thwart the truth. You will... Damn the hell, by the way. It says all liars will burn in hell. Okay? You want to test it? Test it all you want. By being vague and twisting the truth for your own nimrotic, narcissistic mindset is going to get you in trouble in the end. People are not going to make it just because they're liars. People lie. Okay? You're not going to make it. You're better off just remaining silent. Try that. Say, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to shut up all day. You're better off doing that. David did that. He said, I fasted with my mouth. Shut your pie hole. Incidentally, (laughs) I can't believe it. I'm on YouTube. I got to tell you this, Alan. You're going to laugh. I'm on YouTube. I'm scrolling. I see this thing come up. Prophetic warning. I'm like, okay, I click on that, right? I thought I'm going to see some prophet giving me some, you know, uh, revelation, right? Some type of specific thing, right? Guess what, Alan? What was it? (laughs) Are you sitting down? Yes. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. All right, here we go. This particular, and, and they banned me, by the way. They blocked me because I posted in the comments. I said, you got to be kidding me. This is the most Vegas generic cake bake prophecy I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> and then, boom, I'm gone from the channel, right? But people started liking my posts, by the way. And that's why they banned me. But there's some guy, real. it's got 1.5 million views. Okay? This, this is what I'm saying. This is how you know people like falsenessness. They want falsenessness. That is, they they like it. They love it. If I gave you falsenessness, you would love me. So there's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, Sorry. there's a Bible verse in uh, Isaiah where it, God is mocking, to me, mocking the children of Israel and how they love uh, falseness being fed to them, where he says, prophesy not unto us right things, prophesy unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. That's what that's what God thought about well, this, the children this of Israel. Wasn't, yeah, this wasn't smooth, though. It was kind of in the realm of bad so here, here's the problem with the word. 1.5 million. I know the verse you're talking, and that's very true, by the way. But this is kind of in the middle road here. And this is dude, 1.5 million Christians praising this, right? I click on it. I'm actually excited. I said, wow, I'm, God's speaking. So I click on it. There's a dude sitting there with a microphone, real serious. Guys, we're getting ready right now. And he's like almost crying. He's like, my wife is going to come into the microphone right now. And she's going to reveal what the Lord has spoken. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be great. So all of a sudden, the wife comes in. Hun, come in and reveal. So I'm like, okay, just setting it up. This is going to be good. She gets the microphone. And she's like, I had a dream. The Lord has said that things will get bad. No. Rough. Things will get rough. But keep your eyes on the Lord. End. And I'm like sitting there. I felt like I was screwed over. Like, you ever go to a movie and you just feel like you got ripped off? Like when they show you the trailer, the trailer looks amazing, and then the movie actually is not that great like that? I'm going <laughs> to get it for you. You're going to see it. I'm not kidding, guys. This is what's going This is the state of the prophetic right now. Okay? I mean, we know okay, things. So- it says perilous times shall come. Duh. So, I mean... Okay, Lord, if that's what you're revealing to us in this hour, I'm sorry. Okay, but I kind of knew it already. Thank you. Oh, man. I mean, am I wrong? I'm sorry. I mean, I just... Uh, you, you know, uh, you got me thinking that either there's a large swath of Christians who actually think being prophetic means making up stuff and being dramatic and having a beard and putting on a show like you just said, stuff like that. Or they are Satanists making fun of Christians and, and laughing at the view count they get from just, you know, cake bake uh, pablum. So uh, sad. So, but, you know, we were always supposed to keep our eyes on the Lord. The Lord, it says, there's a Bible verse that says, uh, I will keep him in perfect peace whose thoughts are stayed on me. So uh, that's a Bible promise and praise the Lord. May we always do that. But, uh, you know. There's no reason to, I mean, I guess you could dress it up. So, sad. Yeah, it's, you know what, guys? We we really need to hear God's voice in this hour. There's no doubt about it. Um, somebody just posted on my um, my Facebook. By the way, I, I had posted the, um, what was it? Oh, oh, yeah. Last week we did a broadcast where 
we uh, were talking about that picture with Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, somebody chimed in on that, by the way. Let me see if I can find the post. Uh, to confirm what I was saying. You remember I told you it was a, a designer? Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah. Let me find the post. Oh, man, what did I do with it? I want to prove something here. God, please be with me. Um. Okay, I can't particularly... Oh, I found it. So it's P.F. Howard. Um, and they, they do a lot of the artwork for Zeph, my good friend Zeph. Um, now, I, I, had, I had touched on this last week. We actually showed the picture. Incidentally, a lot of people liked that we were showing um, screenshots and stuff like that. Um, so we're going to get the X split running again and do live uh, screenshots, stuff like that, maybe even camera. Um, so we're going to we're going to test that out. But I had talked about the remember the picture, Alan, where um, Obama is in the Satan costume. Yes, I do. Silver. Okay. And he's yeah, I remember that. Right, right. And I said it's been confirmed. It was not photoshopped. And Snoops tried to discredit it. If you go to Snoops.com with this picture, you'll see Obama's left eye, the picture that they photoshopped into this picture to make it look fake because they had to find another picture to say, oh, it came from this. You know what I mean? Are you getting what I said? Yeah, they actually put an inauthentic picture so they could say, False in big bold letters and bit of put a red X mark next to it and say this has been photoshopped and then right. they proceed to yeah you know, yeah I've seen Snopes is, those guys are world yeah but why would they liars. put so much effort into doing that Alan have you ever thought about it it's like Be- the reason they put so much effort is because Democrat hardcores they have to have plausible deniability to keep voting Democrat and that's what websites like Snopes provide for hardcore democrats all they need is to be able to find a link and fire it off onto their facebook or to their you know republican trump uh, co-workers so they can keep on voting democrat that's what they're there for and this they is, use, this is you know, a little deeper though this is literally showing him in a satan outfit right you know? but they're, they're literally I mean, this isn't using policy a, yeah but yeah they're literally using a photo that's not the actual photo and saying it's been debunked Right. um, And they did a good, almost a good job making it look like the, but if you look at the left eye, the position is wrong in their fake one. This is how you know that they tried to cover this picture. And it says picture of Brock dressed as bafflement. Lucifer has been uh, photometrically authenticated, authenticated. How do you say that, Alan? Maybe it's authenticated. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so this leaked image, okay, um, somebody posted, um, confirmation and had the name of the, remember I told you I grabbed it from Instagram, that girl. Well, uh, okay. So they say how that image was leaked is by the maker of that silly costume. The artist's name is Anne Marie Hope. 
who is known for illustrations of the satanic church, she had bragged about it on her Instagram. The image was quickly removed, but not fast enough. Uh, ego and symbolism will be their, their downfall, they said. So I, I put exactly, that's who I remember. That That's the where I got it from. Now, she was there. This is what I'm saying, guys. There's something weird with Obama. I mean, I'm giving you this hard fact here. I, I was there on that Instagram page. I said to her, I, I commented something crazy, and she responded. She's ta- she said you wouldn't understand, something like that. So what I'm trying to say to you guys is keep your eyes on Obama because check out how, how they altered that picture like Alan says. They'll go way out of their way to cover up their deceit. And and like Alan said, plausible deniability. And they're good at it. Because they themselves are liars. Liars. Okay? You think they're going to be in a good place, Alan, as liars? I don't know. No, uh, Revelation says that uh, all liars will go to the lake of fire. So... May we, you know, we're thinking about, we're talking about how easy it is for Christians to deceive. We just talked about, you know, some cake bake prophetic. We talked about people taking your settings and starting their own shows with them. And, uh, you know, Father in Jesus name, help us and everyone listening to this broadcast and all of our loved ones. Help us live right in your eyes. Help us have just and fair balances. Help us bear true witness and uh, help us do unto others as we would have to do them do unto us and help us love our neighbor and not just say, oh, God, we love you. And then we go off and, you know, be rotten to our neighbors. Help us walk in love. Amen. Amen. Maria was going to join us, but she just literally got up. So, I mean, she's worse than Wolfenstein. No, probably not. Um, okay, so I want to touch on the plague of unbelief. Uh right here and right now and there were 12 spies sent out to scout the land of Jericho I know we all know the story right however the confession of Joshua and Caleb was able to sustain them to a point where not only did they believe the report it saved their life by believing the report of the Lord right Alan I mean what happened to the other 10 spies? Do you know? I think the other 10 spies, they did not go into the promised land. They were a part of the contingent of the children of Israel who wandered around for 40 years and they all died in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb had their lives extended to where they did go into the promised land. And we got the book of Joshua where Joshua is... Uh, Allegedly, a stone, you know, a stone cutter led the children of Israel into the promised land. And um, and uh, yeah, our confession dominates us. We should always be saying good things about ourselves. We should always be speaking the good promises of God in the Bible over ourselves until uh, we believe them. And then that's when it works for us. And we walk in that and we are prospering is apparent to all around us. Wow, there's something about that guy. Yeah, he actually believes God and acts on the word and receives the promises. Amen. 
All right, so the answer was literally in the title, the plague of unbelief. They were consumed by a plague, literally. God killed them. So it's not particularly a good position, Alan, to be in a negative confession, is it? That's right. And when we look at it in Scripture today, when God has given us a promise, we have to, you know, in Hebrews it says that some cut asunder, and uh, I don't know, the. I think it's in Hebrews 11 at the end, but Alan, can you dig that up? Doesn't it say some cut asunder but obtained a good report, seeing the promises afar? Um, is that in Hebrews 11? Yeah, um, in Hebrews 11 talks about no, that's specific it's, it's verse. The, I don't need a whole chapter. I know the whole chapter, but I'm saying. Okay, let me bring that, it up. Obtaining a good report, even in all-out chaos, how do you do that? And we see it. Alan's going to find it. I believe it's in Hebrews 11. Um, that there were some dwelling around in sheepskins. Okay. You might have looked at them and said, hey, they are, uh, you know, God is not helping them particularly too well here. They're being cut up. They're wandering around. Uh, Alan, did you find 37. it? Okay. It's verse 37. Okay. 11, verse 37. Yeah, can you read it? Sure. Uh, they were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. Amen. They obtained a good report through all they went through by holding on to the promise. You getting it? So in the face of all chaos that the enemy's throwing, incidentally, the enemy is throwing sickness on a lot of people in this hour. I did a mass deliverance with uh, John Ramirez yesterday, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people in there and I, we got halfway through and we realized, and John realized, that we have to shift into more healing prayer because there were so many people, and I know the spirits of infirmity uh, that we also dealt with, but the m- amount of folks that were there for physical attacks for healing were overwhelming. So we had to shift the program a little. You have to be pliable with the Lord. You just can't have a format and go with it. If the Lord is ministering you to shift, we went more into healing, uh, taking requests, uh, also coming against the spirit of infirmity, but also proclaiming the healing. Now, I just, you know, the enemy will says will cast many of you in prison. That's literally happening now where the Antichrist system birthing, as we watch, uh, is imprisoning. Uh, I just saw January 6th people. They're, they're going back into solitary confinement. Uh, these are sick people, these satanic libtards. 
Uh, many of us think that they're not active in what they're preparing to do, but they are. They have learned a lot from Hitler, Hitler, their ruler. They learn his programs of camp and kill, totalitarian, gun registries. They're all about um, trying to take away your freedoms. You notice uh, Hitler, the Nazi party went after all the lawyers. Guess what? They're going after all the lawyers now. They're learning everything that Hitler did. So if they're doing everything Hitler did, they're going for camp and kill. They get their arousal from that. So these are sick people. What they're trying to do to Trump, okay, they're going to try to do to everyone. This is what I've been telling people. These are satanic spawns, and Satan is working with them. Okay? Satan will cast many of you in prison. Guess what? Not just physical prison, but the enemy is going to use all the facets of his power. That sickness, pain, suffering, torment, despair, oppression, poverty, and and uh, diseases uh, afflicting people because we're seeing a lot of uh, people being attacked. Okay? And that's why we got to ramp up the healing ministry. Has to be ramped up because if the enemy's ramping up in that area, we have to counter it. Now, I got news for you. Being turned over to the medical system is prison. You will, it's prison. They're going to just keep on you on pills. They're going to keep pushing you around. They're going to put more tests, try to form more stuff wrong with you, and keep you in bondage and captivity of that system to, to kill you eventually. Is that what you want? I don't. Alan, is that what you want? That's definitely not what I want. I remember one preacher saying that hospitals are like picnics, and I imagine it's a pic for devils. And I, re- and I imagine it's that way because... If one person dies, the demons leave that person and they walk down the hall and they go attack another person. And, uh, you know, you just walk down a cancer ward and there's this smell in the air that I don't know what what it is. But, you know, hospitals smell bad. You can get infected in a hospital. They can amputate the wrong leg. Terrible stuff. When Worley said that, yeah. Um, Amen. Not not only that, because your your spiritual hedge is down when they're when they're dosing you up on these drugs. Yeah. Your spiritual hedge is going down by constantly keeping you drugged up. You can get infected with demons in a hospital. We need to cover people that are there in the blood of Jesus continually put up a spiritual barrier around them. But casting many of you in prison is this attack with sickness we're seeing right now. Um, People getting attacked by the enemy. The devil's kingdom is the kingdom of sickness, disease. Um, He is on the warpath because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. You see, many in this hour don't think the time is short. They think that this is going to go on and on and on past all tribulation and the bowls of wrath, and then, oh, it's pretty obvious now, the Lord's returning. I'll show you that in a minute, the fallacy of that. I'll go over the fallacy of that in a minute. Um, but getting back to the plague of unbelief, uh, we just showed you in Hebrews that many 
were go would you consider them going through a trial, Alan? Yeah, because we faith is when you receive a promise from God and then you think about it until you believe it and you say it over yourself until you act on it. And that's what faith is, acting on the word of God confident with confident trust that God is going to do his part, that God has done his part, actually, because 2 Peter 1.3, Galatians 3.13, and 1 Peter 2.24 all talk about the past tense of blessings that God has provided, has provided for us. They're, they have been broadcast since the cross. So the challenge of faith is, will we act on these promises of what has been provided for us, or will we sit around and complain or pray prayers like, oh God, I know you're going to do something. No, God hasn't, God's not going to, if you think God's going to do anything, then you're not going to get anything. God has already done it, and you, and you act on that, and that's how you receive. And that's the challenge of faith, and may we always meet the challenge, like those people did in Hebrews 11. Those are people who heard the promises of God and trusted it and acted on them, and they received the rewards. And those who didn't receive the rewards, as we just read about, who were still in faith, uh, they obtained the good report, which is, uh, which is also good, even if you don't receive the promise. Having a good report of dying in faith is still a blessing. There you go. That's exactly right. That's where I'm going with this. That's where I'm going with this. You see, it's better for you to obtain a good report. The good report is the secret sauce to the promised land. I.e. Joshua and Caleb kept the good report. They did not believe the fear of the visibility of the enemy, where they were larger, they had bigger walls, they had bigger swords. They didn't believe that. They believed the report. But ten spies, which were killed by God with a plague, because they delivered an evil report. The evil report has the power of the devil to shake you up and keep you off the promises of God. That's why when Alan just read that, the whole context of that is obtaining the good report. No matter what, if you're being chopped in half, keep the good report. If you're wandering around in a sheepskin, should you keep a good report, Alan? Yes, because... Uh, you know, it's great to receive the promises by faith, but staying in faith is what helps you receive the promise. But even if you don't receive the promise, it's good to have a good report by fighting the fight to stay in faith, because at least the good report, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here because it's always kind of risky to guess what's not spelled out in the Bible. The good report, when it reaches other Christians, It'll inspire them. It'll strengthen them. It'll help their resolve. People, so if you can't receive the promises of God, at least stay in faith to have a good report. So you you'd at least die with a good report. So the people around you, the Christians around you, they'll be inspired and they'll be strengthened. And God will bless yeah. you for that and, and, and reward you for that in heaven. Amen. Yeah, no matter what, they are receiving the promise because their good report delivered them to the real promised land, right? So what's better, the promised land on earth or the real promised land? 
with the Lord. The real promised land. Right. That's that's where we want to get. Everything's temporal in this world. We're sojourners here, guys. I get it. We all want to have stuff and do things. I get it. But it, at the end of the day, there's no U-Haul behind a hearse. And I got news for you. I lost many friends in the COVID attack when they released this bioweapon. And I was thinking about it yesterday. Rust is and all, all, many of my friends are gone because they killed them with their bioweapon. They released the bioweapon to bestow fear and through fear are able to control and instigate, instigate new laws in the land so they can put more control on us, just like 9-11. They're using the Patriot Act, which we were like, oh, wow, this is going to be good. We'll get Al-Qaeda. Well, guess what? They're using that on Trump and his people. They're using that on patriots. These are sick people, man. Totalitarian is always going to have a boogeyman. We went over this. They throw out their boogeyman and boom. They'll throw out the aliens. Boom. Which incidentally, the, the, the alien mask is really a demonic power. We are going to see a shaking of faith in the realm of the false gods. Oh, yeah. The devil's got some tricks up his sleeve, guys. Be aware. So Alan just pointed it out perfectly. He said, obtaining a good report is the most important thing because that's going to carry you through. And that's why Joshua and Caleb were able to point to the properties that they wanted and say, that's mine. That mountain is mine. They knew that God's power was going to sustain them through all the terror and all the problems that were going on. Keep the good confession no matter what. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at how much. Listen, we're entering into perilous times mode. Get that. Get that right now. Some of that cake-baked prophecy that woman had is true. Bad times are coming. Okay. She's right. Okay? I, I just like something a little bit more specific from the Lord. And the Lord has given me stuff specific over the years. Okay? I need to get back to that level. I know a level, and I need to get back to that level. The only way to do that is through fasting and prayer and praising the Lord, reading the word. Now, here's the deal, guys. We're, we're pointing this out. The plague of unbelief. Doctors, the world, the system of man is all going to have an answer for you. It might not be the Lord. I'm not saying a doctor can't help you. I'm saying... I don't like doctors, okay? Me. Um, I just feel that you're sitting there in the waiting room. It's terrorizing. They terrorize you. They put you around for more tests. They keep sucking your blood out. I finally said, I never went back, by the way. They, everybody thinks I did. I never did. I stay the hell away from them. They're vampires. So, you know, I'm just going to trust in God. I know it's... <laughs> I'm just like, Lord, unless the the Lord watches the house, the watchmen watch in vain. Your body's the house of God. 
these the watchmen in the realm of doctors and and everything in the medicines um unless the lord's watching and you need to ask the lord for wisdom in the area of your diets what to eat and what supplements could be good for you um because the lord can direct you to natural things specifically in your case and um for instance, Maria's dream uh, years ago on salmon, you know, uh, and kale and drinks, with, she had a dream of that, the juicing. So the Lord can direct you to certain things that can bring healing to your body. And they call that what, natural healing, Alan, or something? Uh, uh, well, there's just eating right and exercising, maybe that's called the rudiments of the world, as it's called in Colossians chapter two, just eating right, exercising, sleeping well, drinking water. But then there's uh, nutraceuticals, which are, you know, super vitamins and stuff like that. And then there's, uh, you know, superfoods. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, there's uh, Christ the healer imparting divine health. There's all kinds of levels of nutrition we can give to our bodies to to make them run right and well. So. I think that's maybe what you were talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, check out some good supplements. The Lord, I feel, has, I feel great since I've been doing the, what is it, CO, CO310, 3CO, what, what is it? CO, CO, COQ10, COQ10. I've been taking those gummies. Uh, I feel tons of energy. I, I, it's some type of natural substance, but. I feel uh, way more energy uh, than I've ever had. So I don't know exactly what it is, but I have the gummies. Um, and, I'm, and I'm a big fan of uh, getting some fresh roast beef. It just tastes amazing, and, and my whole body feels like this bliss after I after I finish it. It's just a great feeling. And, you know, roast beef is... Uh, but there used to be commercials back in the eighties of uh, beef gives strength, and uh, it's one of those. It's, anyway, I love it. It's just my whole yeah, body Alan, hates me. Alan's I love an it. animal slayer. Um, <laughs> in the end times, we're, we're going to have to rely on eating. Yeah, you know, I might be eating alligators. There's tons of them down here. Who knows? But getting back to the word, the plague of unbelief, and that's specifically rooted in the fact that the word of God is healing. The promises are there. How are we going to apply the remedy? Are we going to declare and decree and confess and possess and then thank God for the outcome? No matter what. That's the secret. We have to sustain ourselves in the confession and the declaration of the Lord and apply the word as medical treatment. Uh, Communion to me is medical treatment because it's the body and the blood of Christ. And I know the stripes of the Lord are on the body. Incidentally, I've seen three or four major healings during communion, and every one of them was with, with real wine. Some people say, I don't use, gra- use grape drink. Um, well, the problem, the four miracles that I've seen were real wine, a little smidgen of it. Uh, Pastor Pafetta at Massapequa Tabernacle, I saw a woman do the communion, and that's how I learned about the, the, the real wine. Um, what happened with that is she had seven, 
herniated discs, uh, literally crippled. They would wheel her like into the front of the altar every day, every every uh, Sunday. And um, she was actually in the ministry. Um, I forgot exactly what she did. She was, did clerical work and stuff. But she got all messed up. And I remember her faith of persistency where she didn't get healed right away. And <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like me with my leg was nine months, maybe ten months. Right, Alan? It took a while, right? Yeah. Um, you got... Sometimes it don't happen right away. You got to keep on pursuing it. I know everybody wants to wow, wow, pow, right, drive in, drive through burger healing. I get it. And God does that. I know. But in my case, in her case, no, she, she was crawling up to the altar there for months. And I actually felt kind of bad. Like watching her crawl on up there. Like she'd have a roller. She wasn't that old even. Maybe 36. And um, I would look at her and I'd be like, wow, she just believes it. And lucky for her, she was in a church that believed in faith. Lucky for her, she was in a church that preached the miracle power of God. At Gene Profeta's Massapequa Tabernacle. Okay? Okay, because if she wasn't, she'd probably still be sick. I was there. I watched this happen. And they'd roll her on up to the altar again. They'd roll her on up. She would just sit there on her hands and knees. And then one day, they did communion. It was Palm Sunday. And they, they, Pastor Perfetta was big on the real wine. That's where I learned it, by the way. And um, and that's why, because of this miracle, is why I do it, by the way, if you want to add, no. And Pastor Perfetta gave her the cup, the bread, and the real little thing of real wine. And he actually got good real wine. It wasn't that cheap garbage. And... They were praising Lord. They did communion. And I watched her from a cripple go straight up. She went vertical, boom, like that. And I was like, and then they handed her the palm and she started waving it around. Hosanna, Hosanna. Which incidentally is Aramaic. For all you wannabe fake Jews in the Midwest. So... The power of the covenant and believing God and doing actually what is in Scripture has power. When you make up your own, I don't know. Uh, Another miracle I saw with the real wine with Maria, she had like a cyst on her neck. I said, God's going to curse that right now as you engage in the power of the covenant of the body and the blood of Jesus. So that night we did the communion. Uh, I think she had a declaration. I said, declare that cursed by the power of the covenant of Christ that you're engaging in the body and the blood of Jesus to rebuke and curse that foul thing. Well, guess what? In the morning, it was gone. 100% wiped out. 
I said, wow, what, what a medical treatment. What a great medical treatment. Didn't have to go to the doctor because God was the medical treatment in the power of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you believe it? Do you believe that the word is medicine and doing the word actually what the word says to do is medicine? Does anyone believe it? Do you believe it, Alan? Yes, the word is medicine. Absolutely. One time uh, I remember commanding healing into someone's left thumb, left thumb joint. And I would do it for 15 minutes a night for three to four days a week. And it took about five weeks but of, of doing that. And she got completely healed. And all I was doing was speaking healing into her left thumb joint. And she definitely got it. And yeah, sometimes you have to build up faith until bang, you get it all right away. Sometimes you continue in faith and you get a gradual healing over time. And sometimes, uh, and so anyway, so yeah, absolutely. The word is medicine for our bones, whether we have faith or we use continual commands and, uh, or we take communion or we curse some growth. Uh, if we stay in it, if we stay in that fight. Uh, even saying I might only just get a good report and have that in heaven, um, that pleases God, and that's what we want. Amen. Yeah, going to the the kingdom of God is a good report. Uh, Keep a good report in every perilous thing the enemy can throw at you. That's really the summary of the word here. Now, the cyst vaporizing off Maria's neck in the morning, it was gone was the power, and that was like we did Pafetta's style with the real wine. Now, if you can't handle a smidgen of real wine, there's people who are attacking me on Facebook for this, that I'm promoting alcoholism. I'm not. Okay? A smidgen is a smidgen. Now, if a smidgen throws you into a complete loopy, and, you know, you're on a binge, a wine bibbing running around, then don't do it. Do not do it. But that doesn't mean that I have to not do it. It's just like if I knew that somebody was battling lust, okay, and the the Lord was delivering it like Alan just said in a cycle, sometimes it's by little by little. It says that in Scripture, little by little. It's in stages sometimes. Sometimes deliverance is all at once. I gave you the account of John G. Lake. That took multiple, look at me with my leg, nine months. Look at that woman, Evelyn, at Massapequa Tabernacle. That took almost a year. But you know what? She never gave up. She always had a good... She never looked down like... um, You know she was in pain, but when I looked at her, she just had the look of faith. Like she knew that she was going to be delivered. She was not going to get the operation. And many would say she's going to need the operation, you know, and stuff like that. But she just had the look, like, happiness on her that she, <laughs> I could just see her face now. She just had a look of knowing. I can't explain it. It's like the look of knowing 
that no matter what, she is going to make it. We need that look, guys. And guess what? God delivered her. I watched her get healed. Boom! Like that. From a cripple to boom vertical. When? During communion. Maria, during communion. Cyst dissolved in the morning. That was quick. So no medical treatment for Evelyn. No medical treatment for Maria. And Dan came into our prayer group. We have a prayer group, right, Alan? That's right. I remember Dan. He had COVID and all of his coworkers had COVID. And he took communion with us when everyone back, you know, back when everyone was freaking out over COVID and you had 50 people doing communion with you on the prayer call. And he was healed in three hours and all of his coworkers went to the hospital. So praise be to God, Dan uh, laid hold on the promise of communion being the body and blood of Christ and being uh, healing. And uh, he got it. And uh, now we've got this good report from him. Praise God forever. Amen. Yeah, Dan was, uh, that was the first wave of COVID in, on Long Island. It was pretty bad. I know a lot of people dying then when they released their bioweapon to control and to change the election laws. That's what they did. But Dan used real wine too. I got news for you. <laughs> and I know he did because he showed me the bottle he bought. You see what I'm saying? So all the accounts of healing I've seen, and then Randy... Uh, Clark over in Brazil with all the miracles that took place in communion, guess what? They use real wine too. So I haven't seen any miracles with grape drink. Okay, I'm sorry. I wish I could sit here and say, yeah, the grape... No, there I have not seen any. Now, I'm not saying there ha- that God can't. But I know he will and can, but in my case, I, I don't know why. I have not seen that. I've given you account after account after ca- account, and Dan being completely healed of can't even being able to get a wimst of air in his lungs. He said it felt like a 300-pound weight was on his chest. He got into our prayer group. We did communion. He relied on it as medicine the power of the stripes of Christ and the blood of Christ into his body, and boom, he was healed, 100%. Okay? Now, if a smidgen of wine throws you into a complete fit, and like I was attacked on Facebook, you're promoting alcoholism. And then they give this whole Shabazz as that was not real wine in the Bible. And I said, wait a minute. Even as far back... Uh, as Noah, they knew how to ferment, obviously, because Noah was whacked. And so was Lot. Lot got whacked on wine. So that argument makes no sense. If you're going to go all the way back to that time, they've seemed to know how to ferment wine. So it's just crazy. So if a smidgen is going to throw you and make you an alcoholic, then don't do it. Okay? Don't do it. It's just like I touched on if someone you knew was battling the lust. You probably shouldn't take that person to Bikini Island to hand out tracks on the beach. All right. Right, Alan? Would that be wisdom? Probably. Yeah, you don't. uh, Somebody who's battling lust should not go witness to uh, porn stars, should not go to strip clubs to witness to those women. 
you know, generally it seems bad to be alone with a person of the opposite sex when you're not happily married. You know, just, you know, you're alone with someone and it's just a bad situation. So leave, leave the witnessing to women, to other women in the ministry or, you know, your wife or, you know, your sister in the Lord that you trust. Uh, yeah, don't go doing stuff like that. Don't don't go to a bar if you're an alcoholic to witness to the alcoholics. Don't do that. Amen. It's a shame thing I'm talking about, guys. So I'm telling you why I use the real wine. I'm not trying to make you an alcoholic. We use a smidgen of it. Me and Maria, use a, we use a little smidgen. We're not becoming alcoholics. I don't even like drinking. But I know the miracles I've seen. I saw it at Pastor Pafetta's at Massapequa Tabernacle. And he was a big, he's the one that taught me about it. He's like, well, use the way the Bible says. We don't make up this thing, grape drink Welshers. I said, okay, let's do what he said. He's obviously a man that knows faith. He's got a whole wall of people, walkers and people healed of cancers. And I mean, if anyone knows faith, it's him. I mean, he married uh, the, the the piano player for A.A. Allen. She was the p- piano. They were at those revivals back then. And plus, he operated. He had National Coliseum. He rented, did a massive crusade there. So, yeah, I learned from men of faith. M- many say, oh, that's wrong. Why would you want to do something that works and that men have operated in faith and had hundreds and thousands of healings and uh, got such great results. Why would you want to do what they're doing? Duh. What do you think? I want to do something that doesn't have results. I want to do what they're doing. No, I do not. It's just common sense, guys. Is it common sense, Alan? Am I wrong? I'm sorry. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, no, you're not wrong. It's good to emulate people who are successful. And and the most successful person of all time is the Lord Jesus, who he said to us in the book of, at the end of the book of John, follow me. And uh, the apostle Peter, who learned from the Lord Jesus Christ face to face for three and a half years, he wrote in 1 Peter 2.21, we follow in his footsteps, talking about the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. We follow him and do as he did. And uh, we learn from him as we follow him. We, we speak like he spoke. He, when he appeared at Lazarus's tomb, I'm touching on it again upon you know, the past tense of God's word. When, when, he, when the Lord Jesus was at Lazarus's tomb, he prayed and he said, I thank you, Father, for you have heard me. Have not you're gonna hear me, you have heard me, and that's when he said, Lazarus, come forth because he knew God had heard him because he trusted in God, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to pray future prayers of, Oh God, I know you're gonna do it, oh God, someday you will do it. No, 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 I praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, you have done it. I praise you, thank you for it, and I act on it. So let's let's emulate successes like the Lord Jesus. Let's, amen, amen. Right, and I'm not talking about going in a delusional. Some people have that, what Alan said, and they, it's some pie-in-the-sky thing, okay? They take this pie-in-the-sky where God didn't really say it, and somehow you're coming against them faith. It's pie-in-the-skyers, okay? So it's more of a delusional, grandiose, narcissistic believer. Uh, they take what Alan says and 
twisted. And that kind of perverts the whole concept of faith when you see these pie in the skyers. Okay? Uh, we got to be leery of that. So it has to be balanced. It has to be in line with the word. And we also have to take the whole word into account. Okay? And balance. I just had a dream recently where... Um, Someone was asking me, how did I pray for that woman, Vicky, uh, that had double breast cancer in uh, both her breasts that were going to remove them? And that's on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to find it because those archives are there when we prayed for her. But they were asking me in the dream, how did I pray for her? And I explained that we exercise the power of God through cursing the cancer devil. Cursed be the devil of cancer. Cursed be the tumor. Let the fire of God roast, dissolve, dissipate, and liquidate to the depths of hell. Go back to whence thou came. We came against it with the power of the confession. And that's what I saw in a dream, me explaining it just that way. So that's why I'm bringing it up, because I had the dream. So maybe somebody out there wants to know how I prayed, and that's how I prayed. We cursed the devil of cancer. We didn't say, Father God, please help. We cursed it because we believe in what the Lord said when he said, life and death's in the power of your tongue. If that's the case, you have the power of death. So you can invoke that power of death on the tumor. But do it fervently, aggressively. Oh, yeah. And she was healed. We didn't know it, but she showed up, Vicky, in the waiting area of Huntington. Uh, we had a building for a year. We rented a building. She was there. She goes, you know, I got healed when you and Maria prayed. But we prayed that way. If anybody's wondering, because I just had the dream, that's how we prayed. And where did I get that style? From A.A. Allen. That's where I learned it. I watched A.A. Allen videos so many times. You look at my YouTube feed, it's what, 15, 18 years ago, you see my feed there? I have all the videos of A.A. Allen on there. Um, He would curse the devil of cancer. That's how he prayed. And I said, wow, he has results so I'm going to do what he's doing. It's, it's what I'm saying. You, When people are successful at doing something, you should learn what they're doing and mimic it. Like Alan, Alan just said. There's nothing wrong with it. But we're not going to take it. We're going to loose the fire of God to dry up and wither the devil. And keep doing it, by the way. Keep doing it. You watch A.A. Allen videos, the old videos on my thing from 15 years ago. You will see when people came forward with arthritis, what did he do? Curse it be the devil of arthritis. Curse it. He would curse it. And then he'd say, move it around, move it around. And you heard cracking. That was the devil's kingdom breaking up. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. 
wither this devil's kingdom away. The Lord says you have that power. Do you believe it? Alan, do you believe it? Yes, I believe it because the word says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And also we've experienced it. We One of the times at Huntington Station, you brought in this pastor colonel to teach us command healing in Jesus name. And then he didn't just teach it to us. We dem- he demonstrated it and had us, de- and then he had us demonstrate it. So we all learned that day. If you just say in Jesus name back, be healed. And you just, and uh, you know, if you say it enough times, it'll happen right there. And uh, if you say, you know, and if you didn't, it doesn't happen the first time, it'll happen a second time. It doesn't happen a second time. It'll happen a third time and so on and so forth. So Amen. And by the way, you asked me to remind you if we uh, didn't touch on all the Bible verses you mentioned at the beginning of the show. So I'm not texting. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, yeah, we will. We're going to get to that. But I want okay. the, the plague of unbelief, the plague that killed the 10 spies, but the two that made it had the good report. Alan read those that maintain the good report kept Believing the promise, no matter if they're being cut in half, you must sustain in your sheepskin. That's what the Lord wants. The enemy's ramping up, guys. We have to ramp up a skill of faith. And we have to ramp up the belief in angels. We did a message last week on Pray for Angels, which some people didn't like, by the way. Like, we're not supposed to pray for angels. You're wrong. And I'm like, what? I mean, there's so much ignorance in Christianity. You wonder why we're in the state we're in. And I gave the account of Maria literally having an angel knock on her door. I wish she was here right now. Hi! I wanted to get her on to tell the testimony of the angel that gave her the date she was leaving the Philippines. Okay? (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Do you believe it? Do you believe God has agents in human form on earth? Does anyone believe that? Alan, what does it say in Hebrews about angels? Uh, One of the things I think it said is that... uh uh, well, I don't know if it's in Hebrews, but it, uh, some some unawares did entertain angels. Oh, what verse is we're, that? We're basically, what'd you say? What verse is that? I, I, I don't know if that was in Hebrews, but um, I can look for it. Like, literally, didn't I give it to you earlier? Well, I, oh, is it in Hebrews 13, 12? Is that, is that that? I thought so. Oh, yeah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Amen. There we go, guys. But I was aware when the old man came to her door and asked for a cup of water, I said, that's an angel. I said, grab him. That's what I said to her. And she said that he had the fragrance of uh, 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 flowers or uh, frankincense or something. And I said, ask him when you're leaving the Philippines. And he turned around and said, you have your answer already and walked away. 
And I'm like, what does he mean? He disappeared. So I said, get the picture that you drew of that date. So we started to look at the date again. She has that picture, by the way. I, I, I have it. I can show it to you. I said, you know what? We have the number wrong. That's not an eight. It's a nine. You're leaving next month. So she had one of the numbers were a little off. And when he said, you have the answer already, we started to look at that dream again with the the numbers. And guess what? She left on that exact day. It came to pass. An angel of God confirmed the word. We're not making this up, man. This is confirmed. I could show you the picture with the date on the picture of that date and the actual TSA and the embassy information of her leaving. I can prove it. I will prove it to you that all that came to pass. God has agents on the earth. You have to pray for them also to come direct you. There's nothing wrong with it. Why? Because Jesus said, I can pray for angels. So, have you ever heard do what Jesus did? Has anybody heard that? I used to have a bracelet when I first became a believer. Do what Jesus, I used to wear it. Do what Jesus did. Well, if Jesus said, I can pray and God will send 12 legions, gee, it's right there. What do you mean you can't pray for angels? I mean, you're going to need angels to direct you in these times. Because they have wisdom of what's going on to lead you and direct you out of situations. Maria was directed out of the Philippines by the the guidance of an angel. Two angels. I was guided by an angel that appeared on the street that taught me to shut my pie hole. And he said the same thing. You were healed already and walked away from me. I had to keep chasing him down. I grabbed him. So... And then he vanished. He pulled out credentials of like 19 different credentials. It was almost comical. And he thought it was comical too. He's like, see that? And I was like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's all my credentials. And put them back in his pocket. I saw <laughs> assemblies of God, all these. He was a pastor of every church. He had all the a pastor of all these churches. He pulled out all the credentials in front of me. It was like a comedy show. It was a rip, rip, and I was like, whoa, you're in every church. Where did that come from? This accordion of all the credentials in front of my face. What was he saying? What was God saying? So the angelic direction, you need, let me touch on it. Let me let me let me let me go into Acts. Acts eight verse twenty six. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza." So he started out. Now in this case, we see 
In the New Testament, by the way, all of you, it's the Old Testament, I get it. Well, guess what? This is New Testament. This is the book of Acts with no amen at the end of it. It's still going on. The angel of the Lord directed Philip. No. Did an angel come to Maria's door and give her the date that she was leaving? Uh, yeah. Can the angel of God come in natural form to you and direct you and say, hey, get out of this town? Does anybody believe that? Alan, do you? Yes, because uh, it happened to Lot. He was dragged out of uh, the city of Sodom or Gomorrah, I forget which, and uh, by angels. And we, as Christians, live under a better covenant. So if, if Lot got dragged out by angels, and uh, you know, why not us? We don't just have angels sent to test us, like in Hebrews 13, verse 2, you know, entertaining angels unawares. Um, angels can help us. They can teach us like that angel taught you to that you're already healed. They can inform us like that angel told uh, Maria that she already has the answer. And um, there's other accounts. I, I, I remember one account of this blind woman. She, she would walk outside and she'd hold out her hand and an invisible angel would grab her hand and lead her where she needed to go. And this blind woman would be walking around the neighborhood at top speed, according to the natural eye. But it was an angel that was leading her around the neighborhood the whole time, every time. So um, angels are, you know, one person put it, God's secret agents. And they inform, they fight, they teach. And uh, we should ask for angels uh, to help us in our day. Amen. We should be asking, guys, and also praying for the angel's direction in situations. What do I mean by that? Psalms 35 is a perfect example um, of that. It says, and let the, this is in the word, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. And let the angel of the Lord pursue them. This is directed prayer here. It's an example. No. It says it right here. Psalms 35. So God has given you an example of the pray for angelic direction to attack the enemy. It's right there. Jesus said I could pray for 12 legions. Duh. You could pray for angels. I think Jacob even directed the angel to be imparted to the lad. He said, and the angel that delivered me from evil, bless the lad, bless the lad, right? He understood the power of angelic protection. He said in his prayer, and the angel that delivered me, bless him. Has anyone ever prayed like that? Have you ever heard anybody pray like that? Check it out. I believe it's in Genesis, right? I'm just going from memory. But I believe he said that. Now, um, we don't want the evil report. 
keep the good report no matter what. I don't care if someone's soaring you in half. I don't care if your Levi's were burned on fire and now you're wearing a sheepskin. Okay? Or you're eating an alligator. You're going to keep the good report. You're going to do it because that's going to be your deliverance testimony. Don't go the way of the evil report. The plague of unbelief. Wipe them out. You think they were happy when they got wiped out? I don't think so. And that fear, that plague went out on everybody. It created a distortion and delay. It delayed the breakthrough. Oh, yeah. I think another 40 years, if I'm not mistaken. Again, going on memory. But I believe Joshua and Caleb were in their 80s when they went in. Now, get a 40-year delay by believing an evil report. Don't do it. Believe the word, confess the word, declare the word, curse the foul devil and his kingdom, command it to the fire of God, the roast. Also, let the angel of God attack. Where do you get that from? Psalms 35. You got a problem with it? Take it up with the Lord. The direction is there in the word. Tired of cake, bake, flim, flam, flippy, flappy prayers. God, please do cake. God, God says things will get bad. Keep your eyes on him. <laughs> okay, thank you. What is going on in the church, man? Come on. If you're not getting direction, vivid specifics from the Lord, you got to fast and pray, praise God, and read the word. You got to dig deeper, break up the fallow ground. That's a sign that you need to break it up. Now, we don't want to listen to the evil report. We want to point to the breakthrough and keep confessing it. Joshua and Caleb pointed to the properties, even though there was a delay, not because of them, by the way, not because of them, because of others around them. This is why it's so important to keep good company with those that are of faith. That's why uh, Alan, I love Alan. He's a man of faith. He's going to curse the devil. He's going to command healing. He's going to keep on going. I want to be around people like that. Now, let me see here. Okay, so we touched on Joshua. We learn later that as they were entering in, now this is the key. I want to examine here a mysterious man that appeared. You might say, what mysterious man? Okay. I'm going to show you a mysterious man. Um, in Joshua 6, remember, Joshua was the one that kept a good report. So not only did he get, was able to enter in, he was able to lead the breakthrough. 
That's how happy God is with those that keep the good report. It might have took 40 years, but he was going in. Joshua 6, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Interesting. Remember, this is the guy that kept a good confession. They pointed to the properties. They were not wiped out in the plague of unbelief. They believed God, and they maintained the good report. They were blessed for that reason. It was part of the blessing right here. As they were by Jericho, Joshua went up and up to this man, this mysterious man that had the sword in his hand, a drawn sword. Who is this man? You might ask. Let's analyze who this man is. Joshua said to him, are you with us or you are an adversary? Just picture the situation. Why am I speaking so high? Because I'm trying to make a point. This is a mysterious situation. You're entering into the land. You know that the Lord wants you to attack. They got giant walls. They got giant men. They got giant swords. You still know the Lord's going to do it. And because you know the Lord's going to do it, you run into a man. But is he a man? That's the question. Angel of God. Right there in front of him, my friends. When you maintain a good report and you rebuke the evil report, and you keep going on in the face of all evil, and the enemy might look big, might have some big walls, it does not matter. God's going to have a man in your path. The blessing of the man that might not just be a man, because we're going to research who he is. And this man said, no, I am the commander of the Lord's army. Whoa, what's going on here? This is quite interesting. So because I believe the Lord, because I kept the good report, and because I'm going in, I'm pursuing these giant walls, I'm pursuing these giant men, and I'm, they have giant swords, and I'm going to get the breakthrough because the Lord said it. I've ran into someone that's saying to me, they are the commander of the Lord's army. Gee, that's a pretty good situation. Is it, Alan? Do you think it is? Yeah, running into the commander of the Lord's army is a very blessed situation, and Joshua did worship right there on the spot. And what a great sign that God is with you, that you run into an angel or even the angel of the Lord himself. Praise God. What a great privilege. Amen. The commander of the Lord's army. Who is this man? 
He says, I'm neither. You know why he's neither? Because he only knows the Lord's way. Basically, are you with him? The Lord's way. There's only that way to his mind. That's why you're a winner with the Lord. Because these angelic hosts have faith. And they're going forward. And they're going to prevail. They are winners. You want to be on the winning team. Anybody want to be on the winning team? Here it is right here. Look at this mysterious account. I just, I love this account here. Just being by the breakthrough. He's not even there yet. And he runs into the commander of the Lord's army. Wow. Wow. Like Alan would say. I do say that. Can you give me one wow here for this? Okay, so normally when Richard says something modestly or very amazing, I go, wow, like that. Yeah, with, with the vibrato. vibrato. He does the vibrato, yeah. Um, guys, Joshua fell down to his face, began to worship. What saith the Lord unto his servant? The captain of the Lord's army said, loose your shoes from thy foot. This place where the stand is holy ground. You know why? The Lord was going to take it. Take it. Joshua didn't have to do particularly that much work. You know why? Because the commander of the Lord's army was there with him. Pray. For angels. Pray for the commander of the Lord's army in your situation. Why not? It's right here in Scripture. God said, the Lord said, I could pray for 12 legions of angels to attack. Psalms 35 says, the angel, let the angel of God attack them. It says it right in Psalms 35. What about this commander of the Lord's army? I like him. I like him. I think this is powerful. I, I want the I want the commander of the Lord's army in my situation. How about that? Let the commander of the Lord's army be dispatched to this situation in Jesus' name. Why not? It's right here. He was dispatched here. You don't want that? Okay, then don't. You don't want it. Here we go. It's there to make you want that. To see it. Somebody said uh, to our message, it's all automatic. You don't have to pray nothing because it says he encamps around you. Yeah, there's different levels of angels. I get it. But Jesus specific, you don't think Jesus had angels around him? But Jesus specifically said, I'm going to pray for 12 legions. 
That means it wasn't automatic. He had a pray. It says it right there. He said it. He's not a liar. So we're going to Joshua 6 now because I want you to see how excited the Lord is now because Joshua has faith and that excites God. If you want to excite the Lord, believe him and do what he says. It's really that simple. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given thine hand to Jericho, and the king, and all the mighty men of valor. Now, like Alan touched on earlier, faith, it's already done. The Lord's saying, See, I've given it to you. But it was not technically done yet because the instructions of compassing the city one time for six days and seven times on the seventh day and then the shout of the deliverance and the horn were the faith remember the lord's army was there the lord's army was there participating in the battle that's the essence of what we're saying. If we want the Lord's army and the commander of the Lord's army to participate, faith is the catalyst. Faith is the catalyst, guys. See, I have delivered it to you. That's what it says, Joshua 6 2. Could you imagine Joshua saying, wait, uh, no, you didn't. Uh, the walls are still up. They still got their swords. Uh, no, you didn't. Could you imagine he said that? You see, he wasn't looking at that. He just met the commander of the Lord's army. That's pretty encouraging, is it not, Alan? Yeah, that's uh, unbelievably encouraging. I'm thinking about some of the I I personally believe the commander of the Lord's armies is the Lord Jesus Christ, but I haven't really dug into that. But uh, it's immensely comforting and strengthening to have a face-to-face encounter with the commander of the Lord's armies. Uh, I remember after the first time I saw an angel, uh, it basically shook me because uh, because I had just gotten born again, you know, three or two or three days earlier, and uh, I had this great feeling of being born again, and then. One night I woke up and I was eye to eye with this translucent being, which I can only call an angel. And uh, after that, I knew that this Christianity thing I had fallen into was quite real. And it wasn't just, you know, some neat writings from thousands of years ago. So how much better it is to have an eye to eye face to face encounter with the commander of the Lord's armies. It really would strengthen a person's faith to see that. So praise God for that. Amen. His belief in the word, his belief that God can do it. It took time. 40 years he had to go around with the unbelievers. Spies wiped out, probably some of them his friends. The plague of unbelief took him down. There's a real warning in this, guys. We want to get the commander of the Lord's army in our situation. This mysterious man, 
that appeared with a sword. Now, getting into it, um, I wanted to kind of close in the uh, context of this whole misinterpretation of the end times that's going on, where people think that the Lord's coming at the end of tribulation, after the bowls. Let me just read on, and this is a, another incident of believing the Word of God. Because you're not believing the Word of God if you believe that, by the way. You're not. And I'm going to show it to you. Now, the bowls of wrath, if you think you're hanging around for that, it's going to be quite obvious we're in the realm of the Lord returning because guess what? You got loathsome sores where people are gnawing their tongues off. Okay, that's kind of obvious stuff going on. We got the seas of blood. Okay? That's kind of obvious. Something's going on. We got rivers of blood. We got the scorching sun. We got darkness on the earth. Wars. All types of terror going on. Okay, people gnawing their tongues off. Darkness. The sea of blood. Everything dying. is kind of obvious and pretty ominous times. Is it not, Alan? Yeah, that's uh, pretty dark stuff. And uh, I, I wouldn't, you know... Every day you you go on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook. You go on Facebook or Twitter and you see people saying, you know, talking about how revelations unfolding before our eyes. And yeah, it's pretty dark times. And we got to follow Jesus to navigate through them and hear from the Holy Spirit to navigate through them successfully. Otherwise, God forbid you get caught in some trap. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> you got your anyway, you all you have is a good report. And that's a good good thing to have as a good report. But I want to live and see the promises of God unfold in my life and 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 have good success. But uh, you know, if I have to have only have a good report and take that to heaven, then that's a very great thing to have, and I'll be happy with it. Amen. Yeah, incidentally, the um, in Second Kings six fifteen to twenty, we also I forgot to touch on this is the Lord wants us to open have our eyes open. To the angelic forces, because that's a faith booster, by the way. Second um, Kings six fifteen to twenty, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. He said, "Oh no, my lord, what shall we do?" The servant asked, "Don't be afraid," the prophet answered, Elisha. Those who are with us are more than those which are with them. Okay, this is key, guys. There is supernatural armies of God that you can't see. Do you believe it? Does anyone believe it? Your faith will activate that understanding. There are supernatural armies of God. right here. Do you believe it? Now, What did Elijah have to do to ease this guy's quarming around? He had to pray. And I believe we have to pray. 
Like we said, pray for angels. Like we said, direct the, the, the angelic forces and power, like in Psalms 35. Or to pray for angels specifically to attack, and that could attack, like Jesus said, I can pray for legions. Pray for the commander of the Lord's army. Why not? Then God's going to damn you to hell for it? Oh, you did something wrong. You prayed that, hey, uh, I'm going to call for the commander of the Lord's army like I sent Joshua. You did that, so you're wrong, and you're going to hell now. <laughs> Come on. It's in Scripture. You see it in Scripture, there's precedent. If there's precedent, it's doable. Now, we have to pray. I have to pray. I hope Alan would pray for me. Others would pray for me. I could pray for you. For what? That our eyes be open to see what? To see the armies of God. Verse 17, 2 Kings 6. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he shall see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha. Verse 18, as the enemy came toward them, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike the army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness, as Elijah had asked. Gee. Could you pray for the enemy to be blinded? Uh, there's biblical precedent right here. And you know where he probably got the idea from? Guess what? The angels blinded who in Sodom and Gomorrah, Alan? The angels blinded the people who surrounded... Uh, huh. The angels blinded those... Uh, uh, people, oh, Lot's house, yeah. They, the, every, all those, all those citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to come into Lot's house, and the angel that had come in that had attracted everyone, uh, he smote them with blindness. So they groped around and they didn't, you know, come and kidnap him. Wow. So yeah, that's the precedent, and uh, Elisha knew that, and he acted on it. He said, "Well, if that's for him, it's for me too, because I have a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had." So. Praise God. I can do it too. Amen. We almost had to kickstart your brain there to get you going with that. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, is he going to do it? It was like when you're starting an engine. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to rewind that one. But thanks, guys, it's biblical precedent. It's doable. You might need to pray that way in the end times. Because perilous times are coming with the totalitarian system. They're shutting down bullion bank accounts. They want to engage the totalitarian system of digital currency. Why? To control you. To put you under the mark. You got to learn. Especially open our eyes to the Lord's army. It's only going to help us. Only going to help us. We're going to do a whole show on that by the way, soon. Now, open his eyes to see the armies. The commander of the Lord's army met Joshua. That's a real faith booster. Alan, do you think that's a faith booster? I think it is. I think we said this already, but I would like that. Am I? What's wrong with that? Why can't I get that? 
I like it. Now, this whole thing with thwarting the end times, by the way, you are not operating in faith. You're believing an evil report. If you think you're staying around for the bowls of wrath, that is quite obvious. When everybody's gnawing their tongues off, okay, it's gonna be. There's not going to be no wedding ceremonies and stuff going on. It's going to be chaotic. The Lord explains, as in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. Gee, let me meditate on that for like one second. Over. Gee, it's literally telling you they knew nothing. It's not going to be quite obvious. They're going to be engaging in their activities. Eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. They're not, it does not say here, gnawing tongue off, sores, darkness, blood, everything dead in the sea. It doesn't say that. This is why I'm mid-trib. I'm a mid-tribber. Mid-tribber. Now, Luke 17, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling and planting and building. This is the example the Lord gave you. This is not the bowls of wrath. Don't you get it? Can anybody see it? Is it just me? Is it just me? Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. If you're going to be a post-tribber, and not see the difference here? I don't. I, what can I say to you? Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, they were drinking, they were buying, they were, they were on Amazon, they were planting, they had their vineyards and stuff going on, they were building. But on the day that Lot left Sodom, it rained fire and sulfur from heaven and destroyed all of them, so it will be in the day of the Son of God is revealed. And by the way, these people that act like they know the day of return are full of crap because it says the Lord don't even know. It says the angels don't know. Only the Father knows. That's what it says. You either believe the word or you don't. Now, it's obvious that they were eating, drinking, planning, buying, and selling it. This is the example. That's not bowls of wrath time, people. Get on the mid-trib board with me. The seals are more going to be more sustainable. But uh, we touched on that. We, Alan, did you have a verse to go over real quick? Uh, I do apologize, Richards. I do not have a verse to go over real quick. Sorry. I thought I literally gave you a verse to read. I can't remember what it was. All right. Oh, uh, it was either, um, oh, Matthew 24, 36 through that one? I think so. Can you read it? Sure. Matthew 24, verses 36 to 39. 
But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and being given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. There he goes. Alan just summed it up there. He, come on, meditate on that. He said, okay, that no one knows, not even Jesus. That's what it says. Only the Father knows. But they're going to be eating and drinking and marrying and celebrating. It's not bowls of wrath time. Get it? Read about the bowls of wrath. You're not going to be clicking around on Amazon and hanging and partying. It's pretty, pretty high level perilous. So this whole understanding that, you know, the day of the Lord. Okay, well, you know, more than Jesus, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. Um. I just wanted to touch on that because we're getting near where it's going to cut us off in the two-hour marker, but or it might be before that. But we touched on, really, the plague of unbelief here. Uh, really, the commander of the Lord's army and believing the Lord at all costs, no matter what situation. I don't care if you're being cut in half with a sawzall. You keep confessing the promises. You keep believing God. You're going to obtain the good report. You're blessed by it. When Joshua believed no matter what and waited the 40 years after the plague destroyed the other 10 spies, he ran into that man, the commander of the Lord's army. I love it. So with that being said, Alan, do you have a little farewell blurb before we head out? Yes, I, yes, I do. Tough times are coming, so make yes. sure you put God first and you worship God and you speak success over yourself. We touched on this last week that Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And Philippians 4, 8, whatever things are honest, of good report, uh, right beautiful uh, Philippians 4, 8, think on those things. So call yourself strong. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. And let the, and the Bible also says, let the strong help the weak. So if you don't feel too strong, call yourself strong. Call yourself successful. Do it until you believe it, until it sinks down in your soul and you feel strength coming into you because you believe it. Because the word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we're talking about perilous times coming. So what we need to do is be strong and of good courage and dread not during these times that are coming. And that way, and trust God, because then the Lord, our God, goes with us and gives us good success as we put God first and we worship God and we lend strength to our fellow man. So we don't have to be uh, weak or trembling during these perilous times that are coming 
at us. We can be strong through them because we may, just as a, a body, a, a weightlifter hits the weights every day and after, you know, four to six months, they got major changes and in a year they got this tremendous body. It takes, you have to put work into developing courage grounded in the word of God into your soul as you speak the promises of God over yourself, you call yourself successful, say I'm strong, and as you help the weak, and as you put God first, you'll, you'll get stronger each day you do that. If I went to, if I said I wanna be, you know, Mr. Universe, and I went and I did, and I said, I'm, so I'm, therefore I'm gonna do 20 push-ups, and I did 20 push-ups, and I came back to you, and I went to the mirror, and I was expecting to look like Mr. Universe, you'd say that guy is a nut. Because it doesn't, because you can't just do 20 push-ups and expect to be Mr. Universe. Well, in the same way, you can't be strong in the Lord and the power of his might by giving your spirit and soul a cold meal once a week by going to church for a couple hours. You got to every day put God first, worship God first, read the Bible, study the word, speak the promises of God over yourself so you can be good and strong in the word and the, and the power, strong in the Lord and the power of his might during these perilous times that are coming. You can do it. We can do it. It can be done. Amen. That's right. With that being said, Watch Radio was saying farewell. We will be back next week. The Lord loves you. We love you. Alan loves you. But the Lord loves you a heck of a lot more than we do. So peace be unto you. Good day. Bye, Alan. You. Let's